0: Hello and welcome for downloading and listening to another episode of the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Show. For our regular wrestlers, you will realise that this is the voice of Ricky. I will be hosting this week um, and I am joined by my good friend and fellow co-host, Clive. Good evening.
1: Hello Ricky, how are you in the hot seat tonight?
0: Yeah, I feel fine, I feel fine, but before we continue with any pleasantries and moving on with the podcast, I just want to let the people know if you subscribe to Powerslam TV and input the promo code of social suplex, so that was powerslam.tv, promo code social suplex, you can get over four you can get up to 4,000 hours of independent wrestling um, where we also you can get your own Ricky and Clive wrestling t-shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees you can also get Keeping It Strong style One Nation <clears throat> One Nation Radio and a Social Suplex t-shirt as well all available on Pro Wrestling Tees nailed it <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: anyway, don't, be, t- don't be so hard on yourself Ricky you
0: know I don't know why you struggle so much uh, it's just we may have to have a discussion about um, hosting duties after tonight. Uh,
1: the the discussion is over. The, the floor is yours.
0: Oh, no, thank you. Although, uh, the reason why I'm doing hosting tonight is just because I kind of wanted to do it because post-WrestleMania podcast, Clive will be unable to come on. He'll be down at the in-laws, so I need to get used to the hosting and recording aspect
1: it. you'll be fine I have every faith in you
0: as do I
1: <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it's not even been four minutes and you've put yourself over twice it's
0: not even It's not even. I want to get used to it or I need to do it post-wrestlemania it's the ego I couldn't handle anymore
1: you just had to take over
0: I had to do it
1: well I've got no problem with that I'm happy being the one that speaks less at the start and the end of the show not a problem with me
0: Oh, I appreciate it. So before we continue with the podcast and what we're going to tell you is what we're going to do tonight um, I would like to plug something before we go uh, my good friend Clive is in the final of the Laws of Pain columns um, please go on to all of the Laws of Pain website and the columns to read his submission. I don't think they've announced the winner yet have they?
1: I have checked within the last hour or so and they have they- So
0: they've announced is it like publicly or is this privately? They've said
1: it. It's been publicly announced, and I. Well, was wait,
0: wait, wait. Drop, I would like to put a drum roll in here, but anyway.
1: Well, you might want to drop the drumsticks. <laughs> I mean,
0: that could be interpreted two different ways. <laughs>
1: it could be. You know, I I was a runner-up in the tournament final against Samuel Plan. That's all right.
0: That's so, all right. I yeah, I'm going to put my good friend over his work was absolutely excellent his 205 column every every week um, and this series he's been doing as well um, to you folks just please keep reading and sharing his work
1: Thank you and there's no I am not in any way ashamed to come in second place to come in second place at all is quite an achievement and Samuel Plan is, is quite the pensmith so congratulations Plan and it has reawakened my desire to write out with the the two o five live bubble. That's good.
0: That's good. You're a winner in the end, I suppose. Yep. Or we'll we'll be the we'll be the real winners getting to read your work.
1: <laughs> oh, you're the overputter machine tonight.
0: Oh, just putting my friend over. Right. Anyway, let's move on. So tonight we were. I wouldn't say we were struggling for content. Just not much has happened that's really caught our eye where we felt like we can really dig dig deep into it. So we reached out to people on Twitter to see if anyone wants to submit any questions. And we actually got some, some, some good questions. Um, we also got two questions within our private WhatsApp group from Rob and Rance, which we'll be answering as well. So but before we continue, I just want to thank everyone that, um, that shared the tweet and, and sent us a question
1: thank you guys and girls.
0: So I'm just, I'm just going to run it in order really, um, from like, first question that we got, um, so, yep, let me jump onto it at the moment. So, question, the first question right, <clears throat> it came, <laughs> it came from a very own Caleb Baldwin.
1: Oh God, I've seen and this you one. Can,
0: You can follow Caleb on Twitter at at, at, IamCalebB. So that was at IamCalebB. Caleb's question is, and I feel like I want to answer this because he asks this quite a lot and no one seems to answer him. How big is Batista's dick? This was Caleb's... This is how he actually worded it. Um, I mean, I don't really know how to answer that. I really don't. Apparently the average erect penis is 5.16 inches um, now they that, that study has clearly not factored in the likes of ranch Jeremy and Rich who have fucking pythons right
1: oh my so god almighty my answer to Caleb
0: is seek help
1: yeah if, you, if you're that, <laughs> if you that curious about such a such just knowledge
0: ask, just, ask, just ask Dave yourself
1: uh-huh. he's looking for a lot of attention right now and I'm sure he'll give you it
0: so again that was follow at I am Caleb B Caleb's actually uh, Caleb's hilarious actually um right, so we'll move on to our more serious questions <laughs> this came from Rob ropes so Rob Robbie uh, you can follow <laughs> him on tense. Twitter at Rob ropey so um if Lesnar retains at WrestleMania who ultimately dethrones him
1: oh First of all, do you think there is any possibility, especially now with three frontrunners for getting the big happy moment at WrestleMania, do you think Seth Rollins will walk away with the title, the universal title? You know, I kind of have a hard time
0: believing that... Let's just assume Kofi's going to be in the match. Or let's, I have a hard time believing that Ronda, Daniel Bryan and Brock... Will all lose their titles. I have a feeling at least one of them are going to retain. Um, And honestly, I don't really know. Do you know what? And I'm kind of going a wee bit off, but it ties in with this point. I wouldn't be totally surprised if. If Brock. Sorry, I don't. Out of the three, I think Brock's the most likely to retain. Okay. Um, I think Ronda drops it, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Rhonda drops it to Charlotte and not Becky. That wouldn't totally surprise me. Um, and I do expect Daniel Bryan to drop it, especially, I think, if he's up against Kofi, given the whole momentum. And I think where this Kofi storyline is going, what we witnessed just last night, was just another, another kind of bump in the road for him and just delaying the inevitable and just kind of working people that much more, or getting people more angry, or getting you know people more investing coffee or whatever. But um, so who ultimately dethrones them? <sighs> is it is it the obvious answer, Roman?
1: I mean, so if we
0: don't say Roman, I would say Drew.
1: I think there are a select few that it could be. But see, because of the whole heel-face alignment, I can't see it being a heel. Because at this rate, I can't really see Brock Lesnar being a face if he if he does retain for a long time. Drew McIntyre is on a tear at the moment, personally. I've really enjoyed his work the last few weeks, away from the likes of Corbin and Lashley and all that stuff. From a, a physical standpoint, from a threat, the only other people I can see being uh, Roman and... Uh, Roman and Drew McIntyre. If but the see the thing is, they've set it up that there is literally no one else left. The only one I mean I can't think of anyone that he hasn't dealt with who has a baby face who is deemed credible anymore. So I'm thinking that maybe just maybe Seth Rollins might actually walk away with it, but I'm not too sure at all. Um I would I would agree I know I
0: said Roman or Drew but Drew is like an outside bet I think if it's not safe, I think Roman probably has to be the kind of heavy favourite but you know with the whole Fox deal coming up who knows Brock might end up Smackdown maybe not but you know someone like I don't know dare I say someone like Alistair Black further down the line you never know
1: mm, um, okay.
0: I think that's just what I'm trying to just kind of it's just out there you know just it's not the norm but it has to be Roman. And, and when that would be, I'm not entirely sure. Maybe it's SummerSlam. It's, like you say, it's because Brock's went through the vast majority of the roster or the credible looking threats, so it's like, who now is left?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you have a, a select few, but I have a hard time believing that it will be Drew as much as I'd like to see that.
1: You do pose a good point about um, Brock Lesnar possibly going to SmackDown and that opens up the possibilities a wee bit but from the, and there is obviously a superstar shake-up probably coming shortly after WrestleMania you might have the odd call-up from NXT Alistair Black is kind of a good shout because that black mask can come from nowhere the fade to black super um, spinning kick and that can level anyone at the drop of a hat so something like that could go to his advantage. Daniel Bryan ran him close, but we've seen that he didn't beat Daniel Bryan. Uh, Daniel Bryan didn't beat him. Sorry. This is a problem that arises when you just have someone squash everyone over so many years, and you're left with little, um, little other opportunities or chances for anyone. So it's and a t- it's a tough question, really.
0: I would. I would kind of. Fight you in a way on saying squash because I think outside of Braun he hasn't really squashed anyone recently. Like, yeah, Daniel Bryan made that epic kind of comeback, but at no point did we feel like he was going to win. But it was still quite tight towards the end. Finn really had a lot of massive moments outside of Braun. One, you know, um, but yeah, no, I agree with you. But even I think Brock going over to SmackDowns, it's I just can't envision that happening I have more I feel it's more likely it'd be like Seth or Roman it would go over um, but right now if it's not going to be Seth at Wrestlemania the only one I can think of would be Roman you know the storyline is kind of there it's but like you said it's difficult to really pick one
1: Uh huh. it's a question that is hard to answer to be honest Rob sorry to let you down so early into the podcast <laughs>
0: Um, Rob's got another question we'll answer later on anyway so we'll move on shall we?
1: Yes please this one one
0: is more directed at me Uh, it's from Carl from the Outsider's Edge you can follow Carl on at OutsiderKervin he asks, I want to know how Br- resident Bray Wyatt fan Ricky would book his return. Hmm. Right. My two favourite guys in the rest, and well, probably not even two, I would say. Without a doubt, my favourite guy is Bray. I feel like you know that. Um, How would I book him? Well, I think he's probably going to come back Andre to the, Andre the Giant Battle Royal. Which would be kind of disappointment. (laughs) Yes. Um, Right, so here we go, right? Now, people need to understand, this is just me and my Bray fandom here. I am not thinking about anyone else. So some other people are going to get caught up and people won't like it. But you need to understand, I am booking strictly just Bray. I don't care about these other characters in the plot some people might not like this I would have Daniel Bryan take on Kofi Kingston at Wrestlemania I would have Daniel Bryan retain with the help of Eric Rowan and a returning Luke Harper I would then have like, could be like a six man tag match or whatever like a mini feud with those two, three, two teams for a couple of months Um, or you could ultimately have Kofi winning the title like the following month Daniel Bryan snaps and turns on Luke Harper and Eric Riven thus leading to a returning Bray Wyatt coming home and reuniting the family taking on Daniel Bryan and then I would ultimately transition Bray towards the title to then put the strap on him. Now, if you don't want to go down Daniel Bryan, you could always... Sorry, if you don't want to do Kofi winning it, you could go six-man tag, and then Daniel Bryan is looking for challengers, and it's Bray. And it could be Bray that challenges him, and he gets help from Ruben and Harper to win the title. And he, to reunite the Wyatt family and I know like bringing teams back together aren't everyone's cup of tea and I know for the most part it's it's, it, for a lot of the time it's kind of underwhelming and disappointing but when Bray Wyatt first came on the scene um, the promos and everything he was cutting were just ridiculous I still believe he's one of the best talkers in the company but I feel like at some point you have to walk the walk, and instead of just talking and talk, and for a long time he never got big time uh, wins and feuds. Um, I will take you back to two points where I feel like a lot of people are still on the Bray bandwagon when he won the title leading up to what was it, twenty
1: seventeen? Uh, chamber, yeah.
0: Yep. I've I, the vast majority of Pope people popped and they were so happy because it just didn't feel like they were ever going to do it and go back to was it last year's Andre the Giant Battle Royal with Matt Hardy win that Bray returned and helped him win it and you heard the pop as Bray appeared again just he was only off telly for a couple of weeks Um, I think this is where it kind, I'm kind of conflicted in a sense because I know a lot of people talk about characters and etc etc but I would take I've long said I would take like the blandest possible character but if he or she has got wrestling skill that's incomparable then I'd I would rather watch that person all day long rather than say someone with a character and persona like Bill between Dream for instance but Dream has got the unique thing where he's got the great character with the wrestling skills but I'm just talking about strictly character wise um You know, give me someone like a Chris Benoit over the most charismatic person and character you've seen. Um, So that's where I'm kind of conflicted. But when it comes to Bray, I feel like Bray's character and mic work has always been great. And I think his in-ring ability is... I'm not going to blow smoke up the ass or anything like that, but I think his in-ring work is, is solid. It's not...
1: Oh, I did.
0: But it's not at the bottom of the ladder. He's just, he's just, I think he's capable of putting on fine matches. I think he's capable of putting on a few kind of wow, they're really good kind of matches. Um, you know, but he's never ever going to be talked about as someone who's carrying the company or the best in the company or the best in the world, etc. But like for me personally, I says I've booked it from a Bray fandom. I would love to see him come back and come back. And like immediately shooting
1: up the ladder. First of all, I think Bray Wyatt is a good wrestler, his um, very quick reflexes that he has, in comparison to his size, sets him apart from the rest. I think so, and his move set matches his size and his sort of stocky, chunky build. His finisher is effective. It, like it looks, it looks like a sword one, basically. Mm. <laughs> the your first scenario, I think that might be the best booking I've heard for Bray Wyatt coming back to be honest with you I don't like to agree with you too often as you know but I did enjoy that and it's a complete role reversal where you've got Brian who has Harper and Rowan as his henchmen and Bray Wyatt as the outsider and then he's coming back in to win them back over basically it's, a com- it's completely different from what happened with Brian and the Wyatts back in 2014 excellent, 10 points and-
0: and, and like we say, I think it's nice to kind of see just having like little moments, little callbacks to things that have happened in the past. And this is, like you say, just rules reversed. Um, like I say, I, I, I feel like he will come back for the Battle Royal. And I guess the only thing that might soften the blow is if he wins it, but that doesn't really mean anything. So I don't know. I'd like to see him really pushed up. And I think the only place he can possibly... Be pushed up the ladder in the upper card and towards the, the title scene is on SmackDown.
1: Uh huh. Yep. I'm all for it. I think that's the bit. I mean, you don't want someone of his his um, aura, his presence, to just meander in the mid card again or the undercard because we know for a fact that that just doesn't suit him.
0: No, and it's it was similar to like, for instance, similar to like um, Smojo where he comes out and cuts these promos and just kind of destroys everyone on the mic, and then he loses a match. And it's like, at some, ty- at some point, you're going to have to follow through with these threats and promises. Uh-huh. It's all empty empty promises. There's no substance there. It's just, but now finally he's got the US title. In it, and now you're like, right, now the, the mic work is a reflection of who he is in the ring and he's a killer again. It's like we all like your hardcore fans will always love Small Joe, but like you kind of it does tie in hand in hand. If someone's continue losing at the end of the day, it's just like, well why am I going to listen to what you're saying now? Mm-hmm. Shall we move on? Yes. So this one is for you.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: From the boss, our boss the head honcho of the Social Suplex Network, Mr. Jeremy Donovan. Right. Who, you can follow Jeremy at Jeremy L. Donovan. He's also one half of JNJ Security, who are keeping it strong style. <laughs> so this one is two for 205 Clive. I mean, I could take offence to this, Jeremy, but I won't, right? I'll let you away with it. <laughs> Do you think Nice will win the purple strap at WrestleMania? and just to as a follow up um, we had Muzza underscore 44 and it's at Murray Bone 2000 who actually shows quite a lot of the podcasts on the network love and the fact is he's also a fellow, a fellow Scot. so if our followers and listeners just could follow him as well please um, he also followed up saying I want him to win it so badly but don't see it
1: well first of all Cedric Alexander, Tony Nice, the tournament final last night on 205 Live. Excellent match. Um, Tony Nice, I was actually saying to Jeremy Donovan when I was back and forth about getting the 205 Live column published, and we were talking about Nice, and I said, it's, a, it's obviously early days, but he's becoming a front runner for the cruiserweight of the year of 2019. Had an unbelievable match against Noam Dar in an ODQ, or a full... can't remember exactly what the stipulation... DQ, a hardcore match, basically. And uh, he destroyed Noam Dar and he had a good showing throughout the tournament, and then it finished it off with a really good win over Alexander, who has been protected, basically. His finishing moves has been protected. He's been kicking out of top rope half-and-half half suplexes, kicks out of everyone's finisher. So when Tony East kicked out of the lumbar check... I did. I was overjoyed to see that happen. It was a taste of his own medicine, um, and for Nice to get the get the rub ahead of Alexander, I'm happy that they're not just sticking with the same guy when it comes to WrestleMania season. And Cedric, no offense to him, but you've got a small roster there. Why don't you make good use of them? So to see Nice and the story that he has had leading up to WrestleMania eh, over the over the moon that Nice is going to challenge Murphy who turned on him last night as well, they battered each other, they will batter each other it's going to be an excellent match hopefully they'll get a good bit of time on the pre-show, if it is the pre-show will he win now Murphy has beaten almost everyone who is a credible threat on 205 Live, he's mowed through a lot of guys, Tozawa, Itami, Kalisto Ali, Alexander
0: so before you reveal your answer, isn't what you've just said an indication that Murphy's going
1: to lose the title then? I think so. I th- yeah, that is my answer, that Nice will win. Because Murphy and Nice have been quote-unquote training partners for the last few months. Nice has always had Murphy's back when he won the title to help defend the title. Rubbed salt in Cedric's wounds right after Cedric lost. They've always had each other's back. Last night, Murphy came out and held Niece's arm aloft, paraded him around the ring, and then I turned him round and hit him with a sort of V trigger. So Niece has basically become, by default, a babyface. And I think it just it's a good story where the guy who's been betrayed. Is he gonna get his own back, get some revenge on Murphy? So I'm going to lock it in right now that Tony nice will walk away from WrestleMania as your new cruiserweight champion. I
0: agree. I agree. Which is great for him because uh, he's been on you? the
1: sidelines for a long time and it's they've they've really, really missed a a relatable face since Ali left. Whether at Nice is relatable is another debate for another day. But a really credible baby face is something they've been lacking for a while now yep
0: yeah. and I, I would agree just purely because like we said what then would be next for Buddy Murphy if he beats you another um, challenger a credible challenger so at least if Tony Nese wins it you could always run the rematch but then you've got other feuds that you can lead into there and then who knows they might decide I hate to say move up but they could always move Buddy Murphy over to Smackdown as well
1: mhm he so could,
0: he that could, could remain an option
1: he could be the one that beats Lesnar <laughs> uh,
0: right shall we move on
1: yep and it's okay you can say move up I know technically they are main roster so it's a side move but let's be yeah, honest know, let's be honest here yeah.
0: so the next question is two questions submitted in one tweet um, from an extremely good friend and follower and listener Mags Darren as we know so f- please follow him and it's at D J so it's D E J Kirk B um, does so much for us constantly retweeting and liking our stuff listening to the podcast always putting us over um, and I'll just do it right now since we're talking about him <laughs> listen to his podcast as well and it's Why We Watch Pod um, it's good stuff it really is he's a good guy um, so this one it's for you For Clive, in your time watching 205 Live, what's the very best match that's been on the show?
1: Without hesitation, Alexander... shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's wrong. Uh, Mustafa Ali versus Buddy Murphy in a... What was the actual... I keep calling it a stairs match. But it wasn't a stairs match. It was like a no-holds-barred match no disqualification
0: About five
1: months ago wasn't it five oh, six months probably the but, summer maybe a little bit
0: longer that was like that, that, I was going to say that exact same match
1: uh-huh. the innovation with which they incorporated the stairs into that match I've never seen anything like that before because you've seen stairs matches between the likes of Eric Rowan and the big show and it was pretty brutal to watch but these were used as launching pads instead and also elevated height with which to give more impactful DDTs and the such. So just rewatchability. It's just Ali at his best and Buddy Murphy at his best. Top-notch performance from both guys who had had not a, a rivalry as such. It was just more of a, a competition with each other to see who is the best. It wasn't one of Ali's more personal feuds. It was just, I want to beat you and... Um, it capitalised in a fantastic match.
0: This wasn't he, like he. This was quite early on in his two or five time as well, wasn't it?
1: Murphy. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. I would say it was. It was still when Alexander was the champion. I'm thinking late spring.
0: Yeah. Uh, I would agree. I would definitely agree. Um, and feel free to chime on this one. So the second question is: He says it for me. Who is the most underappreciated talent on the NXT roster?
1: You want to go first?
0: I mean, I've said some neck-up things about him, but Cassius Ono is right up there.
1: <laughs> oh, my God.
0: <laughs> but, so I don't know if it, right, so it could be underappreciated, but I'm going to just change it so I hope, I hope talent doesn't mind. I would say underutiliser or not used well enough or correctly, and it's Candice
1: great answer
0: it really is like I understand her being involved in the Gargano and in, in Champa thing and her being involved in certain bits especially just a few months back a couple of months back where they were kind of looking at one another on top of the stage and she comes running out like no no you're not doing this move move kind of dragged them off stage as the show ended but as a singles person like she's awesome I know if you just utilise her properly or just let her Be her and do her and just put her in singles matches and and showcase her. She would, without doubt, be one of your strongest women.
1: For over a year now, she has been used in NXT, not as Candice LeRae, a viable... As Johnny's wife? Uh she's been brought in as Mrs. Gargano.
0: And and that's the same because she's so talented and we know Kyle Kyle really loves her as well. Um, So that would be my pick, without a doubt. And the other one, I suppose, would be Keith Lee as well came in with a lot of fanfare and, and not really
1: done too much. Um, but yeah, Candace without a doubt, I think is at the very, very top of that list. Uh-huh. For each each side, I agree with Candace. I can't think of a better answer than that. As for Keith Lee, it has been strange how little he's been featured, but that's what happens when you've got Gargano and Trampa, Undisputed Era, Velveteen Dream, Alistair Black. You have got not just a... a, a a top heavy main event upper mid card scene. You've got an excellent main event upper mid card scene. So it's hard yep. for someone like Keith Lee to break through. However, the match if this is oh I just remembered this week's Keith Lee versus Dijack too.
0: <laughs> I suppose and Keith Lee's favourite might come now is that black's no longer there and ricochet and champa's out for been forcing it out for we don't know how long so there's a couple of spots opening up yeah. so now might
1: be the time to kind of start pushing him and showcasing him Yeah, I think if the rumours are to be believed or just the way it's been leading that we're going to get Dijakovic versus Keith Lee at TakeOver then that'll be a match that will go over very well with a, an NXT um, market crowd because that match that they had a few weeks ago it was short It was silly, let's be honest, it was over the top, but it was fantastic, and I loved every second of it, and I've been jokingly putting Dijakovic over every second I get, but it just appeals to me for some reason, he cheese pores from his pores, but it's it's fantastic, I love it though, I'm totally um, 100% behind Big Dijak, so hopefully Keith Lee, Keith Lee might go over in that feud, and I think we'll start to see Keith Lee have a, a very good two, 2019 here on in. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do
0: agree. Do agree completely. Um, so we'll move on. Yep. So the next question. There's one of these questions I really like, so but we'll it, will, it will go this is we're gonna go in order. So here we go. And this comes from again someone on the network uh, one half of One Nation Radio and that is Rich Lata and you can follow Rich at RichLata32 and I'll say this Rich as soon as I saw this tweet and liked it, I messaged Clive on WhatsApp um, saying I absolutely love this question that you've asked I really like it actually Um, do you guys think Ronda should have been a heel for a longer period of time? You you want to go first?
1: I gave this a lot of thought, Rich, and my answer is: I think she turned heel at the perfect time, because personally, Becky has been the heel throughout since the start of SummerSlam, and personally, just from a, a personal opinion and viewpoint, the the way she bullies people on Twitter, the content of her promos, how she's always the one who beats down others from behind, and all that stuff—Becky has been the heel. It's only recently where I've started to f- actually feel sorry for her with the whole carry on with the McMahons, when Rhonda pummeled her in the t- stomach a couple of weeks ago. You've got Charlotte, who, despite being innocent in all of this up, up until recently, again fans were always had already made their mind up on them as the heel. So Rhonda, she's tried her best throughout the last year. It's coming up for a year now, actually, where. She's pand- she said it herself, whether we want to like whether we like what she's seen or not, she did pander to the crowd at Vince's behest probably. She tried to incorporate herself into the, the sports entertainment world but she wasn't having it and she snapped. So I think a few weeks up leading up to WrestleMania, I think it was perfect timing to be honest with you. So Richie's question
0: do you, think, do you guys think Rhonda should have been a heel for a longer period of time? My answer is yes. Um, so, if you don't mind, I'll just start at the beginning of our time. I'm not going to change anything. I'm not going to change how she entered and what feuds, etc. she's been in. I- I'll tell you when you could have turned her.
1: Okay.
0: I not a chance in hell was she ever going to come in as a heel and be a heel in that quote unquote honeymoon period, that first sort of six months or so um, partly because A, she's an absolute massive superstar and it was such a huge thing for her coming with WWE so you wanted to capitalise on that, as a feel good thing look at that, she's over and I guess at the same time you kind of wanted to protect her because if you suddenly turn her heel people are really going to start nitpicking at her but I feel like if she was, as she was a face, a lot of people were still like, right, well, she's very green, but she's learning and look how much she's actually improving. But I think if she was a heel, a lot of people would have been like, no, she's, she is not progressing. And, you know, I think it's just that that it's just that mentality you've got in your head that oh well it's a baby face and and you kind of try to relate in a sense that well she's trying to get better as opposed to the, if she come in straight away as a heel, a lot of people would just been like, no, we don't like her. Um, so you you move move on to the first significant kind of uh, note was the Nia Jax match I wouldn't have turned her there when she beat Alexa Bliss first time for the title for, for winning the title the first time first and only time sorry I felt at that point you could have started and maybe they did but she was mouthing off a lot in that match. And I felt like there's that arrogant, cocky, heelish side starting to come out. And I felt post-evolution, um, <clears throat> her match against Nikki Bella, I felt you could have now started to gear her towards SummerSlam as being a heel. Um, as someone who's watched every one of her UFC fights, watched a an absolute bucket load of her interviews... Saw her behaviour and weigh-ins post-match. She's just she was she is just made to be a heel, a wrestling heel, because that's just kind of how she comes across in real life. And I know she said some not nice things about certain communities and certain people. Um, I'm not here to talk about who she is a in that sense, who she is a person, but just who she came across, what she came across like in interviews and in a build-up to fights, she came across as not a very likable person. Or very arrogant. Um, arrogant and confident, and I felt you could have done, you could have brought that out of her. Especially the arrogance, a lot. You could have brought it out and really turned it into a real arrogant, dominant type of heel. Um, so yeah, I, I think you could have turned her just after Evolution, in a build-up to Survivor Series. Um, and then you could have, you would have had like a real dominant heel, Ronda going into Royal Rumble against the babyface Charlotte. Um, and then you wouldn't have seen Ronda trying to extend her hand, etc. But I understand that like, it's all kind of played a part, all of that, into her now turning heel and not caring about the fans and the company and Tony company line, etc. But she always has been a heel, like who she was in the UFC and that's just who she is so let's say I wouldn't have turned her heel within the first six months but let's say post evolution there was an opportunity you could have done it Um, and you wouldn't have turned her before evolution would have made sense because the biggest female wrestler in the world you know and she was headlining that so you kind of wanted to garner a lot of like positive notes and positive vibes etc so I felt you could have done that a couple of months sooner. Partly because just this is who she is. And if anyone yep. has watched her time at UFC and MMA, would have seen it. And were like, she is just... She's just come across as a dick.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You've got a good good argument there. I, I'm still of the mind that it's come at the right time, personally. But it was going to happen eventually, I think. You could see she was getting frustrated.
0: Definitely. Definitely. Let's say is that... <coughs> And too rich again. Like I was. As soon as I saw that question, I was like, "Oh, it's a it's a real good question." We've got a couple. We've got a, we've got a couple more really really good questions. Um. So, next up. <laughs> Personal friend of ours been on a show before. Barry, you can follow follow Barry at BazD86. And it's funny, me and Barry were actually talking about this on Monday at football. Um, so here we go. May have may have been mentioned before on the show, but not entirely sure. Is there a need for a March pay-per-view? The build to Mania seems rust with the inclusion of this.
1: Oh, that's a tough one.
0: I personally could do without it.
1: See, this. Fastlane pay per view was segment heavy. There were a lot of segments in it, backstage skits and talking points and stuff. So it was or a SmackDown with more wrestling than normal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All the swerves that took place, all the beatdowns at post match, it, it did seem like a TV thing. So I do, I don't know. I really don't know how to answer that because I I, I don't agree that it's been rushed. I don't think there's been much built to anything apart from the main events.
0: Isn't that a bit of an issue, though? That we're two weeks out and we don't really know the entire card yet? Well, we know the majority of it. Um, maybe maybe I treat this too much like a boxing and UFC kind of card where we know the card. And I'm not saying we should know the card months and months in advance, but, you know, maybe maybe three, four weeks. We should kind of know the exact card. Um, I think, like you said, if there was a lot of segments that you could have just done on Raw. Um, mm-hmm. And you didn't need to have, what was it, a um, chamber. Wasn't a chamber like two weeks after a Royal Rumble? I
1: think so. Two or three. You, could
0: have, you know, you could have just put that out another couple of weeks. And then you would have had like four weeks in between the Rumble. Between the rumble in that pay-per-view, and then another four or five weeks between that, so yeah, I would like us say, sometimes less is more, I've said that quite a lot of times on this podcast uh, like, don't get me wrong, Fastlane was a good pay-per-view, Fastlane it served its purpose for several things it helped build up towards this towards WrestleMania in the matches and the card and I know it sound, kind of sounds like I'm being um, contradicting myself a little bit, but I feel like
1: a number of things you could have done on a Raw or SmackDown. It was an extra four hours of content leading up to WrestleMania, and what's I know we're kind of veering away from the question, but what's what struck me as a lot of the matches that took place at Fastlane. So far, these guys don't have a match at WrestleMania. The Raw tag, the Usos. I mean, how many no card title currently has a match at WrestleMania? Asuka will find out next week with only two episodes of SmackDown to go. Who a WrestleMania opponent will be?
0: But as uh, Joe versus Ray announced,
1: yes, Ray right. with his um, <laughs> gargantuan nice. son. Oof. This has to be addressed. We can't. We can't just. Um, that's this. just
0: terrifying because I remember when he was in the storyline with
1: Eddie and stuff, it was just these towels over Ray. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, aye, do you not see before we go on, do you not think Dominic Mysterio sounds like a very intriguing magician? <laughs> go on. Uh, no, that's not the joke, it's just right. it's uh, coming to Las Vegas uh, this this fall, Dominic Mysterio (laughs) he could hide his dad up his sleeve or in his top hat (laughs) Uh, so, right, I need to answer the question is there a need for a March pay-per-view I'm going to say no, but what there is a need for is more direction for the undercard because it seemed like there was, nothing really happened in the undercard of Fastlane people uh, look strong after they were in after they got defeated <sighs> it was a strange one fast time based off what we've seen in the last couple of years i'll say no Yeah,
0: but at I the same they time
1: could they could have done better in the tv leading up to it especially in the think, raw I side i think
0: that's always going to be a great for people like i don't think I don't think we're ever going to get three hours where everyone's totally satisfied because we're all like different things and it could always be better and we're always going to pick at stuff. So yeah, the TV can always be better. We get that. And let's be honest, man. I, I, I don't sit through with three hours of rot anyway. So, you know, but like I said, I'm would i more on the side that I would rather just have that one pay-per-view in between it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I guess, then how do you come up with like six weeks of quality TV time building these matches? But... I mean, you could you could find a way, like you know what I, you know what I miss and I don't ever seem to do. I Can't remember the last time they have done it. Just running little bags, like pre-recorded interviews or like little vignettes and how they're in their training and stuff like that. Almost like a UFC and a boxing build too. I I, I like when they used to do that stuff. That's what I, I think.
1: Am... That's what I think the Raw Triple Threat women could have benefited from for the last mm-hmm. few weeks. These um, pre-recorded interviews have one or two have one of Ronda. Ronda on Monday, one of Becky on Tuesday, and one of Charlotte the next week. Just that's a because what they did on Monday, what they did on Tuesday this week with the Kevin Owens show, Kevin Owens just said, Right, fight, and that's it. That is all that happened. That story was not advanced in any way.
0: And what I wouldn't, what I would rather see (laughs) if they do something like that is rather than sitting down in the backstage area, like you know, what would be fucking awesome. Like you don't even need to go to Ireland. You don't even need to go to California. Like, if you just do it somewhere out in the open, and you have Becky or Ronda or Charlotte walking about, talking about, you know, how they were grew up and how this moment, blah blah blah, you know, just just out outside, quote unquote, in their hometowns or whatever they want, like walking about and talking about how everything's lead and everything's happened in their life has led up to this moment, etc. Rather than just just standard sitting down, sit down backstage interview. Mm-hmm. Just something a little different. I feel like, like you know, I would love to see stuff like that again.
1: They've relied too heavily. I know they're trying to build these and fair play to them. There's going to be big time matches, headliners, and they deserve it. But they've relied too heavily on them all for segments when a lot of people don't even have matches made up yet and they're champions of their division.
0: Like I say, man, less is more sometimes.
1: Well, there's roasters... There's rosters.
0: <laughs> roasters? <laughs> they are roasters. <laughs>
1: Aye, there are a shower of roasters, A lot of them. The the roster is bloated on both sides. Um, oh, and the
0: beautiful thing is that if so many people are not going to get that, the roster
1: comment. It will probably just be Barry that gets it, so just as well, it's his question. <laughs> no, um, Murray, too-
0: Murray Bone will get it as well. Mm-hmm. There is just yeah,
1: Darren too- might actually get it, actually. Too many wrestlers... Too much content, and they're trying to squeeze it into even an eight-hour—a rumored eight-hour WrestleMania—they can do it. There's too many. Yeah. Sack the lot of them. <laughs> yeah, moving
0: on. Um. Here we go. Right. <laughs> I don't like been putting on the spot this but here you go. This is. I, I think I'll give you this one. The floor is yours for this one.
1: Okay.
0: You, you, and this guy just kind of have the same kind of personality and character, (laughs) I think. What? So, from Imp, um, and you can follow him at, at the damn Implicat. So, here we go.
1: Oh, I've I've seen this one, (laughs) and it was a tough one.
0: (laughs) The other week I don't, Niecy's finisher, Tony Knees. So my finish. So my question is: What's
1: the best pun for a finisher playing off a wrestler's name? Funnily enough, this was one of the hardest questions when I was it browsing. Really was. When I was browsing through it, um, but I have found a, a few. Jinder Mahal's could be a colossal failure in terms of his championship run.
0: Carl's not going to be happy.
1: Ah oh, well. Sorry, um, sorry, not sorry, Carl.
0: Carl doesn't listen to us.
1: <laughs> good. <laughs> I don't know why I said good. Um, it's really... I had to actually go through the, the annals of history and found a couple of other ones from the past. So you had Hardcore Holly. His finishing move was called The Holy Coast. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, what was the other one? I had it.
0: Bo, Bo Dallas, S-T-Bo.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> See, I'm not sure if if I'm asking what is a new one or what have been the best ones over the years. You, what's the best pun? A um, bit of both. If
0: we can bit think of, of
1: any, the only word, go ahead. The only new one I can think of is the Colossal Failure. Um. Curt Hawkins is called the heat stroke apparently. <laughs> horn is uh, 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 a tadpole splash. I don't know that.
0: I Shall think, we move on and we can have a think
1: and if you some uh, cops on your head you can shout it out at the end. I feel as if I've let him down.
0: You have let him down, because the guy supports you quite a lot.
1: I know. He he put he has me on his show, he puts me over. I know? And I've just failed, but colossal failure. You're a failure. <laughs> oh.
0: Right. So we we actually only got about three or four left. Let me see. We've, well, we got five. One, two, right, Let me see. Okay, right, Here you go. I'll give. i Can you can take. You can you can start on this because I'm going to be kind of biased.
1: Okay. What's the question? So this
0: was from Rob in our WhatsApp group. Discuss Beth Phoenix and if she's enough of a legend to be inserted into a WrestleMania match straight away.
1: Oh. um, In the grand scheme of things, no, she's not enough of a legend. She was around in a time where there weren't many. I know you sort of shook your head there, but she's not she's not a Tristratus or a Lita um, I wouldn't even say she's a Molly Holly she was around at a time where there wasn't much in the way of talent like truly good talent in the women's division so because of that I think that's because they may be relying on her to come in for this because they want some sort of legend on the show to help bolster the tag division women's tag scene which is not needed by the way but that's another argument Um because they haven't made many women legends. Around the time where, in the ruthless aggression, where you had Batista, Cena, all these guys who became megastars, even the, even the Bellas, they've been back and forth. Nobody has been given, there haven't been many women who've been given that same superstardom out with the company to become a legend. So... Is she enough of a legend? No but that's not her fault
0: I say she is uh, I do agree she's not Trish Status and Leah um, she's in that tier uh, below it whether you want to put her at the top of that tier below it or somewhere in the middle I, I think if she was wrestling nowadays I think she would stand out Every bit as much as every other top-notch uh, female superstar wrestler. Um, she had, she did have people she could, she could go with, but I think she did stand out. Was it did she stand out because she was that much better, or because a lot of the women weren't that great at that point? Maybe a bit of both. Um, no, I think no. Yeah, there's different scales within like the legend scale. Just like in the Hall of Fame you get there's different there's there's levels within the Hall of Fame as well. Just you know, just um I think she is a legend. I think she she would still stand out nowadays and yeah, but like I say but she isn't the upper tier though. She isn't like you say where Trish and Lee are. She probably never will be like she obviously isn't now never will be but I, th- I think she's, she was extremely re- I think she was really good in the ring and I think she doesn't get the credit she deserves probably because there just weren't just enough people for her to really to have these great matches with okay I think no I'm not going to say it because that's that's not quite true and it's too much praise okay then no I was going to say you know how ever a lot of people say own heart was way before it was way before his time
1: uh uh-huh.
0: I was going to say Beth phoenix is similar but she's just not that's too that's too too high a price um I've, like i said, i think she was just she was just in the wrong era like yeah. she, there, there was there was just, there was she had a couple of people but just not enough and i think that's what's probably Probably holding her back in terms of the stature and legendary status that she should she should be getting or could have gotten.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But you know, like I said I think she still is. I think she, I think what we saw at the Royal Rumble last year. You know, happy to see her back. And like I said, I'm a massive Beth Phoenix mark. So yeah, man, I think she is.
1: <clears throat> So's Edge.
0: Yep. Yep. I don't know who loves Edge more, you or her.
1: Um, probably you. Probably Zach Ryder,
0: <laughs> and his wonderful jaw.
1: Oh, that jaw should be stricken from the record books. Right. That should be. There's the- a
0: specific question here that I'm keeping for the very end because I, I want to end it on a real good note, and it's kind of close to home, right? So I'm going to ask this question. Rance asked this and you can follow Rance at it's Ray Cash, Ray as in Mysterio and Cash as in Dollars I've always wanted to say that (laughs) (laughs) Um, he asked us on whatsapp who had the better underdog babyface run to Wrestlemania Kofi or Daniel Bryan at Wrestlemania 30
1: hmm
0: so let's just like we say Kofi's going to Wrestlemania I think we all believe that but even, let's just say if somehow he does it, but based on this question we will just assume he goes to WrestleMania and he goes over and wins the title. It's still Daniel Bryan for me.
1: Yep. Uh, isn't it ironic that it's against Daniel Bryan?
0: Yes. Yes. Um, and the reason why I say it's Daniel Bryan at one point like for instance the Daniel Bryan thing lasted for about nine months
1: yeah,
0: like that's about that, that long maybe maybe a little bit longer actually I'm just trying to think if you will yeah from about July- June ish the previous year to April the following year when it really just kind of went into overdrive um, and there was one point it was just you legitimately thought he isn't actually going to be in the main event at Wrestlemania when Batista won the Royal Rumble you were like He's not going to be in it. And then the weeks building, and before like it went into overdrive, before it was occupied raw, before all of this, you just felt he's not going to be in the main event, and you were kind of scratching your head. Um, I think the the crowd, I, I don't want to say there were much more behind Daniel Bryan than the other Kofi, <laughs> but Daniel Bryan, and it, well, you want to say what you want, it was a yes chant, but that went mainstream as well. Uh-huh. Um, it's Daniel Bryan. For me, it is Daniel Bryan. Uh the Kofi thing has just been that gauntlet match. It kinda it just kind of reminded everyone as the, well. The like first one? Yep. It was just like, oh guys, I'm still one of the best performers in the company, you know, just, just because I've been in just because I've been in a tag team or whatever for the last few years doesn't mean I'm not. Um, and it was just a, a timely reminder. Um, Daniel Bryan won, like I said, because I felt it had it was a more it was a longer story over a longer period of time. There was a genuine real high in and all of a sudden we felt so low because we didn't think it was going to be in the main event. And like I said, I think it, I think Daniel Bryan himself has says that he was never actually going to be in the main event in WrestleMania until the fans kind of. Change Vince's mind, and who knows? Daniel Bryan might be working us by saying that, but let's just assume that wasn't the case. Let's just assume it was all pre planned. And like I said, I know that's, that's a dangerous game to play, but that story was beautiful if you just take out what you think you know or what you've been told to believe. Um, but yeah, no, for me, um, Daniel Bryan,
1: yeah, just, just through time alone, um. Kofi's Kofi's version of the Yes movement has been a couple of months in comparison and it has been excellent, it's been really good to see, I really do hope that he does win, I hope that he actually gets the match, that was a that was just one one hurdle too many for me this week that I wasn't really a fan of Um, but Daniel Bryan's all round I think was just although the push might not have been organic behind the scenes it was presented as such on the screen, and they done that. Yeah. They did that over nine long months, so that and wins it for me. It
0: was, and I think another thing why I say Daniel Bryan is because that's the example, or that's what I told you about to get you back into wrestling as well. Yep. And I feel like I don't think I could do that to sway someone back in to wrestling using a coffee story. I think the Daniel Bryan one had more. More weight to it and more substance and more, oh really? Like it's more intrigue to it. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, I absolutely love Kofi. I hope he does get the match at WrestleMania. It'd be brilliant amazing to see him go over. But I would say Daniel Bryan is, is the one for me. Um, like so, moving on. And again, that was from Rance. So we've got one, we have three left. So, sometimes we've just spoken about Kofi, I'll just tie this one into it. This one comes from at TLC Sports page. How much can one superstar take before he decides to fight back? Should the New Day just start taking everybody out on Raw and SmackDown Live? Is it time for Vince McMahon to step aside and retire to Florida?
1: <laughs> that that question is steeped both in kayfabe and out with it. Um, well, will we go with the first question? do you think the New Day are going to do their own version of Occupy Smackdown?
0: Um, I don't know.
1: Something's got to happen next week. It must. You would imagine
0: so. Um, should they? I mean, yeah, it could be kind of funny to see them running around just taking everyone out and telling Vince that we're basically going to jeopardise the entire card if you don't put him on.
1: Um, Do you know it would be cool to see if they did that on Raw? Mm-hmm. Say that Vince was in a segment and he was bigging up something really big. <laughs> uh, and New Day came up and said, "No, not having it. You've this has gone on for far too long. It's time to put me in the main, the match with Daniel Bryan." So I think, I think, extreme measures have to be taken by the New Day.
0: And maybe there will be. Maybe they will. Cause I think this coming week is where we need to get the answer now.
1: It better be, because... I, know, just... I
0: think like, we all kind of know it's going to be Daniel Brown versus Kofi, but we we need the answers now, because we've got two more Smackdowns left before WrestleMania.
1: Yeah. That's...
0: And you need that final face-off as well.
1: Yes, you need that. it's they, better. As as for the... Is it time for Vincent Mann to step aside and retire to Florida? I'm guessing it's a real question. <laughs> it's just, it's because the other parts are kayfabe and then this one, is, is it time for Vince to bugger off? What do you think?
0: In, uh, no, in, hand, in what, hand of range to Triple H, here you go, you now, you're in charge of one hour, but now he's took on 205, so you have two hours a week, which is easy enough, right, well, here you go, we're going to dump another five hours on top of you. Nah, I think Vince is just... I I think he's actually having fun at all our expense. And as much as we want to criticize him, like we say is you know, there's plenty of things that are going on right now that he's clearly got his hands in the pie, so Yeah, nah. No, no I don't know.
1: Whatever.
0: No. Moving on. yes. Right, so I'm going to let you take the floor with this one now there's two questions left right. and this comes from uh, a really good follower that is at Cath and that is C-A-T-H-E underscore 67 um, she's follow a follower a big listener as well um, she asked should Baron Corbin be the one facing Kurt Angle for his retirement match
1: Now I've been looking forward to this question because I have some thoughts to divulge with our listeners and our friend Cathy67, Ricky. (laughs) You've got a wrestler who, and it pains me, after all this time, it pains my very heart that he's just, he's not as engaging as he once was, he's less intense than he once was his wrestling is reliant on just a couple of moves or sorry, a couple of signature moves he looks cumbersome he looks yeah, awkward he's basically a parody of himself now and he's facing cut Angle at Wrestlemania <laughs> <laughs> right, there's an ar- right, I did that intentionally that was a real lead up for you it, there's been a lot of a lot of vitriol in relation to this announcement my vitriol doesn't land at the fact that Baron Corbin's the one that's been given the match. My annoyance is that they're having the match in the first place. And bear in mind, bear in mind listeners, the credits of this programme that we do for you has Kurt Angle's first world title and A soundbite from that. That's how much we are Kurt Angle marks. And you've got an argument to be made for those, those legends going out the door to put over a young future star one, he's still a part-timer involved and I've made my feelings very clear about part-timers being involved in WrestleMania. Two, I wouldn't say Kurt needs this match. Kurt doesn't need to have this farewell match. I can't I can't watch him anymore without thinking he's one bump, one wrong move away from complete paralysis. He's just very wooden and laboured, as you say. He's, he's as stiff as a you-know-what in the ring. Personally... This is just a personal feeling. I don't think Corbyn is a star that you build the future of the company around. And for these reasons, this match it doesn't do a thing for me. It'll be awkward. It'll be watched through fingers. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised in the least if Corbyn was made to look like a complete fool with no credibility going forward, say, two three rows, two, three weeks of TV down the line. I don't think the rub will mean anything if he's just going to squander in mid-card purgatory for eternity. It's a needless match. I've also seen a lot of people say. I think it was the chair shot guy saying that the, the story makes complete sense because they've been feuding for months. But does it does it make sense? Because the last I remembered, when Kurt was fired from being the GM in Raw, I think it was August. He was fired, and Baron Corbin took over. He became the interim GM. Kurt Angle got his revenge against Baron Corbin when he was dressed up as a conquistador in the lead-up to Crown Jewel, the World Cup qualifier, Battle royal. Cut Angle got his revenge then um, in Baron Corbin's match with Braun, Braun Strowman at TLC. Braun, Baron Corbin was making an escape, Kurt Angle cornered him, got his revenge then as well. They didn't even lock horns at the Royal Rumble, they had nothing to do with each other at the Royal Rumble. As far as I'm aware Kurt Angle was taken out by Nakamura before Corbin was even in the match and since then Corbin has been feuding on and off with Braun Strowman and The Shield their story finished a long time ago this story was reignited purely to have a retirement match for Kurt Angle and it's not not required so it doesn't that's all I've got to say
0: Um. It will not be Barn Corbin versus Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. It will be Johnny Boots and Tights versus Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. I don't think we're going to get an announcement for Cena. I think what will probably happen is Corbin will come out, Kurt will come out. I don't know if it will be a quick squash match and then Corbin will attack, but I think more so Corbin might get on the mic, start running his mouth, Cena's music hits Cena comes down cuts a promo hits an AA Angle hits the Angle Slam maybe a German puts him in an alcohol lock throws him out of the ring Cena then extends his hand to Angle saying I would be honoured to have the last match and that's how you do it You cut Angle's final match will be against John Cena whose first match was against Kurt Angle that's how I think it's going to go down as to shoot should Cut Angle have a retirement match. Why the hell not? I know he's not the same anymore. Far, far from it. It's difficult to watch him.
1: Exactly. But one more bump and he's dead.
0: <laughs> if he's going to take that then, so be it. Um, and I don't... You never want to see that. I don't want to see him get hurt, especially him, because we pined so much for him to come back just to hear the music one more time. Um...
1: See that thing about John Cena though, Baron Corbin had the money in the bank briefcase and he had momentum whether we liked it or not, John Cena embarrassed him at SummerSlam and Baron Corbin took months and months and months to gain back any inch of credibility that he once had, so he's got this credibility again where he's been chosen to fight Kurt Angle at WrestleMania and then John Cena comes and derails him again.
0: I feel like the better story is to to have Kurt versus Cena. Like we're, we're always talking about these wee little callbacks to previous past times, and and that'd be excellent. Um, like don't get me wrong, Cena's not even my first choice anyway. Um, I would have loved to have seen Jason Jordan. It's just it's not possible, but I would have loved to have seen that. Um, but I think we're going to get cut
1: versus John Cena either way I will probably be skipping that one
0: and, and let me say before anyone says anything and if we don't say it it does just suddenly become Corbin. and people are saying well it should have been Cena Cena might not actually be available Like we need to factor this in Trish Stratus and I might have said no we're not coming we're not available we don't want to do it we don't want the money so we need to remember that stuff as well but I, I, I just I think we're going to get a Cena appearance
1: oh he can stay away he can be a Dwayne Johnson wannabe and stay in Hollywood
0: right the final question
1: are we at the final question
0: We're at the final question I left this last for a specific reason
1: right
0: this is from again Muzza underscore 44 at Murray Bone 2000 I like this question I know you're going to like it as well yeah, it's it? close to home
1: it is close to Two my heart
0: from- who from ICW would you want to join NXT UK? You want to know my answer straight away?
1: I think I know who you're answering.
0: I'm not going to hesitate at all. Who? Ravey You know what got my head? <laughs> what? Oh, what a wee Ned? I
1: know. Was that your answer?
0: No. Kings... Oh, oh
1: yes, 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 yes. There are a few,
0: without a doubt, the kings of catch. Um, and not many people might know about these folk. Um, maybe a handful of us, a handful of people who might listen. Um, so I, I I, don't, um, I don't anticipate any way um, people outside of the UK, um, unless you do watch ICW. Kings of Catch are are, are excellent. We've saw them live now, I think, twice in the last few months, last sort of six months, Mm -hmm. eight months. Um, Excellent. First match they had at um, Shugsters was was tremendous. Every single time I've seen these guys, they just kind of blow me away. I think there's so many people on the British scene that people may not have seen or heard of because of these, quote-unquote, smaller independent programmes, um, promotions. But they're right at the top, where get, they just need that broader audience, and people kind of realise, oh, these guys are actually really good. And I think Joe Coffey got it. I think it was a Joe Coffey reference in. But even Pete Dunne alluded to that himself on the Asian Christian podcast, that he was, he was looking forward to the match at TakeOver with Joe Coffey, because... He's worked with Joe before, he's worked with him, uh, he knows him well, and it, he gets to help showcase him and show his help show his talents to everyone so they can all appreciate him. Mm-hmm. And I think these guys, if they get on to a bigger stage, a lot of people are going to really love them.
1: They make no secret they are, that they're Young Buck rip-offs. Um, they've, their finishing move is, do you know who Bill Apter is? Mm-hmm well they've got they've got an apter burner, which is their finishing move just like the Meltzer driver um they' they do their own version of being the elite so they've got their own sort of youtube short show clip they're not they're not um they're tr- paying tribute to the Young Bucks. I think they've actually wrestled the Young Bucks in Edinburgh for the Ring of Honor show. I'm not sure I if think, that's I think they did. Um, so some people listening might know who the Kings of Catch are, but they're a very up and a very promising up and coming tag team, uh, and I would add them in my list. But I have a few in my list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, a lot of the guys from ICW are in NXT UK at the moment, but ones that aren't so far who I would love to see. Are, without a doubt, Joe Hendry. He Mm -hmm. did well for himself in TNA. He might not be there anymore, but he's still got his name out there. Uh, He has that thing that we talked about last week where he has a Scottish accent that people worldwide will be able to understand. Is that Edinburgh accent? Edinburgh, yep. Uh, He's got enough wrestling acumen, he's got enough presence, he's got enough comedy, he's got enough seriousness, he's got enough of everything that he could try his hand at anything and be comfortable in that role. Uh,
0: I feel like
1: I feel like he carries himself well on he mic as well. Yes, and he's although he came last, he was in the Commonwealth Games representing Scotland in the wrestling. <laughs> so okay, he was last, but uh, you could you could build a brand around him. They're doing that in ICW just now, where he's in a heel stable alongside the owner Mark Dallas. So definitely him. Oh, fuck, sorry, no. I'd put
0: Mark Dallas on next to (laughs) you, okay? Just
1: because? He's just a hero. Uh-huh. I would have Sha Samuels. Mm. He's part of the tag team Kinky Party with Jack Jester. Sha Samuels, he cracks me up every time. He's hilarious. He's cutting some weight just now. He's a a big lad, but he's cutting weight. He's a, a powerhouse wrestler, but he can do some Lucha moves. And... There'll be people familiar with him and he's worked with in RevPro, World of Sport. Um I'm not sure what other promotions he's in, but he's a very busy man. He's hilarious. I think you could do wonders with him in NXT UK because the main event scene in NXT UK is great. The mid card is fun, but there's there's a, a certain presence missing from it and I think Sha Samuels could fill that very well. Uh he's in, I don't know the name of the stable but he's with Zach Gibson and, and James Drake, they were at the over the top wrestling this week, this weekend despised figures, the lot of them, so Sha Samuels could run with James Drake and Zach Gibson, and lastly I would have a guy who's become a very firm favourite of mine, Andy Wild who's, the only way to describe his physique is, he would look he would do brilliant in the Highland Games basically, caber tossing, I think one of his moves is called the caber toss He's a he's a large lad, but he is a fantastic sort of Greco-Roman wrestler. Great suplexes, great um, grappling, ground grappling move. Just the kind of wrestling that you and I like, Ricky. And for someone his size to be able to do that, he stands out from the crowd in a big way. He had a match with Joe Coffey on ICW a couple of weeks ago, and it was amazing. So, uh, those are my three picks alongside the Kings of Catch.
0: You know who else? I don't know
1: Kaylee Ray, she just went
0: down. Mm-hmm. Um Viper. Yes. I would I'd love to see her on like the biggest stage possible.
1: Well I think I, it,
0: I know James Boyd's a fan of hers as well.
1: hmm. Yep, yeah, she's good. I think it's stay away from rumours then.
0: why she signed I've not I've not saw anything so
1: we discussed this off air once we had I
0: know I know I think you once said that apparently we should advertise or apparently was something said that she has or she is going to sign but I don't know if it was ever if it's been confirmed or anything
1: right well well let's just say let's not say any more then
0: okay
1: alright but I've kind of given the game away there Tell me off here. Don't want to ruin it for anyone. Okay, well <laughs> we have, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. Know. Right. So is that us? You want me to refresh the Twitter page at all?
0: No, I've just checked. There's nothing else.
1: That's us. Thanks very much, guys. That was uh, a right good um, selection of questions. Enjoyed answering them. Some of them were right tough ones, and I'm imp- I am sorry. I do apologise. Let you down in a big bad way. You did. So what's so, next?
0: Um, that is us. We'll be moving on to the quiz unless you've got anything you want to say. No. Then let's move on to the quiz.
1: Okay. It's fucking quiz time, with Ricky and Clive and friends, a fucking WWE quiz! Right, this week's quiz is my turn, and as I have sometimes struggled for themes for the quiz, oh where's my bit of paper, I've lost it, I found it. Uh, I'm going for This Month in WWE History, so it's March, and I have ten questions in relation to March throughout WWF, WWE's time on the planet. Number one, on the 31st of March 1985, what event took place in Madison Square Garden? There has to surely be WrestleMania. It is. <laughs> I, th- I see, I know it's such a simple question, but I knew that would, you would second guess yourself for that one.
0: Uh, I'm just so used to WrestleMania being in April now.
1: I know, I know, so am I. It's weird. Number two, on the same date, 31st of March in 2003, which Former World Heavyweight Champion made their Monday Night Raw debut. 2003. So it's the end of March 2003. Someone made their Raw debut and they would go on to become a World Heavyweight Champion.
0: Goldberg.
1: Correct. Number three, March 18th, 2001. what was the name of WCW's last ever pay-per-view it's an apt name considering the downfall of the company um
0: jeez I didn't watch much (sighs)
1: Do you have a single clue? Uh,
0: don't think so. Um, what year? Two thousand what? One. Was it Starcade? Um.
1: Um, You've got nothing, have you?
0: No, I feel like it's got something to do with power and money. Since you said it's an app name, considering what's just happened to them.
1: Right, power, money, and it rhymes with one of Rocky Balboa's opponent's surname.
0: Um, what rounds of draggle <laughs>
1: greed well done <laughs> number 4 WCW would then have their last ever Nitro. I said that strangely didn't sound like me at all who ended WCW as the unified USA and world heavyweight champion in a match against Scott Steiner
0: Um, Sting?
1: Incorrect. Uh,
0: Booger T? Correct. Oh,
1: okay. Just assumed it has to be one of the WCW guys? Yes yeah, Sting wrestled Ric Flair. That was the last ever WCW match.
0: Oh, that's right, so it was.
1: Number 5. On the 7th of March, 98, or 99, I can't remember. Which legend made his WWF TV debut in a segment on Sunday Night Heat? Kurt cut Angle against for a bonus point
0: oh, I can't remember was it um... no
1: Tiger, Ali, Tiger Singh. Ali Singh yep number six what was the name of the kayfabe destroying documentary released in March 2000
0: Beyond the Map
1: correct answer Number 7. I sure it was Beyond the mat or Beyond the Ring. Number 7. Which former NXT champion made his official main roster debut in March in the lead-up to WrestleMania 32? Say that again. Which former NXT champion mm-hmm. made his official main roster debut in March in the lead-up to WrestleMania 32? In the lead-up.
0: 32. so that was what 2009 2016 yep the debut in 2016
1: and then up three years ago would you like a clue yeah they wrestled in the opening match of the main card
0: Was it main card? Open card again. That was Roman versus Triple H here. Yeah.
1: Triple H. Two thousand
0: sixteen. Is it Randy's favourite Mexican? Kalisto? <laughs> no.
1: don't know why I
0: thought
1: that. It was, it was a ladder match.
0: So he must have been in... The IC one, was that? Yep. I don't know why I thought Kalisto. So that was a year Zack Ryder won it.
1: And Kalisto was never an NXT champion. I
0: know, I know. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. So that had KO... Dove, the Miz
1: Ambrose, I think. No. Do hey. <clears throat> you give up?
0: What kept the actual NXT champion?
1: Not at the time. They were once an NXT champion. Right. Do you want a so wasn't it wasn't
0: right,
1: it so, no. Do you so, want a really huge clue? They wrestled at the takeover the night before? Or two nights before. And the line match. <laughs> My God, Ricky. Can I put you out of your misery? Yeah. Sammy Zane. Didn't fucking Sammy
0: debut
1: against Cena? Tore and his peck. Tore his peck and then and he came back came at the back Rumble. About a year later. And then he made his official main roster debut. For
0: fuck's sake. that's... Oh.
1: that's uh, that can go to the judges, that one. Number eight, name the six participants in the Fastlane 2018 Six Pack Challenge for the WWE title.
0: Oh my god,
1: it was only a year ago. What's that? Oh. has the pressure of hosting got to your cognitive function
0: Is this, a, this was a Smackdown pay per view wasn't it yes it was AJ Cena KO
1: correct Oh, I don't even know if I want to ask you the next few couple of questions. I've got work in the morning.
0: Dolph. Uh Uh-huh. Orban. Is that five? That's
1: five. Sammy. (laughs) Sammy. (laughs) Number nine. Now, at the televised house show edition of Roadblock... Remember Triple H and Dean? Yep. Who did the New Day defeat to retain the tag titles?
0: Oh I may as well just fucking
1: We we were a massive we were marks for this tag team
0: (laughs) of course (laughs) Of course. The Go, League O Nations. The League O
1: Nations. The best stable that has ever oh, been.
0: Oh, we were such marks for them.
1: I know. Seamus 515 says, I just broke kicked your ass." <laughs> oh,
0: that group was splendid. I miss Barrett.
1: Oh, remember the Wayne Rooney video?
0: Oh, so funny. Right,
1: hey, number 10. Which wrestler, who later became a cruiserweight, made his NXT TV debut, only to be immediately attacked by Baron Corbin.
0: Who later became a cruiserweight.
1: So they made their NXT TV debut, they were attacked by Corbin almost instantly, and then months later became a 205er. That's last question.
0: Um... Austin Aries.
1: Correct, well done. A double. So you did get 10 out of 10, but you required a, a lot of time. Um, yeah, and one of them, did I not
0: need a bit of a help for a couple of them?
1: Uh-huh. So I'll give you it anyway. Congratulations, you've won. Thanks. You've won the, the opportunity to plug the show. Thanks.
0: So, would you like to say anything before, before we say goodbye?
1: eh uh, I'll wait till the end
0: fantastic right well folks once again thanks for downloading and listening to us um, please feel it please check out the social suplex podcast network website we've got columns um, podcasts um, that you can download and listen to we've got keeping it strong style with J. security jeremy and josh we have the Omega Look podcast. We have All Things Elite. We also have One Nation Radio with Rich and James. And the newest addition to the network, uh, there's been a couple of episodes so far, um, with James Boyd. It's called NXT Then Now Forever. Good show. It's a real good concept. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, p- um, feel, please feel, please download and listen to uh, the rest of the podcast on a network as i says and um, we've got all our columns um, you sub- you can subscribe to to a network where you'll get these email to you um, i've already plugged the shots and power slam tv um, shout out to the guys over at the edge we'll be getting them on soon um, for our quiz um, closer to the time at wrestlemania review um, I'll let people know what the plan is for that episode, um, closer to the time. Um, Yeah, nothing else to plug, Um,
1: unless you've got anything else you want to say, Clive. I've got the choice of two, and I'm just deciding which one is worse.
0: Just say both.
1: All right, okay. Uh, Apollo is... Mr. Apollo Crews is bringing out his own autopilot, sort of automated car engines. It's called cruise control.
0: Terrible.
1: Well, this one's just this one's fucking shite, right? Rob, I blame you. This is who I blame. Becky Lynch is going to in the final segment before WrestleMania. She's going to dress up as Britney Spears, and she'll she'll grab the mic after she's like obviously Ronda will tap out from the disarm her. And it's not a match, so it's one of those ones. Oh, the intrigue! And Becky will grab the mic and sing, "I was born to make you happy." Oh. Rob,
0: strike two point five three. Right, I've got nothing else to say. Um, once again, folks, thanks for these questions. Um yes. Hopefully you like the answers. Hopefully you know if you want to give us some feedback, you want to interact with us on. Twitter we are at Ricky and Clive you can also find us on Facebook at Ricky and Clive um, also folks join the Facebook group the Wrestling Square Circle a lot of debating forum, uh, and debates and things going on there like I say, reach out to us let us know what you thought of the episode as a whole um, what you thought about our answers um, and once again thanks for downloading and listening take care folks
1: Good night. Thank you for listening to the Ricky and Clive Wrestling Podcast. We'll see you next time